we're going to look and see what God's Word says this morning. Psalm 37 in verse 23. Father, we thank you for your Word today. We thank you that every mind is alert. Every heart is ready to receive. We thank you for it that we'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 37, and look in verse 23. The Bible says, The steps of a good man, and you can say woman as well, are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I have been young, and now am an old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaking, nor his seed begging bread. He's ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loves judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever. But the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous, and, and I believe the Amplified says the consistently righteous. How many know we need to be righteous all through the week? Have, have acts of righteousness, not just repent on Saturday night before we come to church on Sunday? <laughs> Thank God we can. I don't care if you missed it this morning. You can, you can receive forgiveness. Amen. So he says, the mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom and his tongue talks of judgment. Look in verse 34. Wait on the Lord and keep his way and he will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. Yet he passed away and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the perfect man and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. But the transgressor shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Hallelujah. Who trusts in him today? Amen. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. But he, he starts, that verse we started with was this. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Now look in Psalm number 18. Just skip back to Psalm 18. I tell you, when you serve the Lord with, with all this within you, the day of boring you will not know. The life of boring you will not know. Psalm 18, and look in verse 28. The psalmist says, For you will light my candle, the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by you I have run through a troop, and by my God have I leaped over a wall. I mean, sometimes when you, when you have the power of God working through you, you, you feel like that you can run through a wall and leap over a troop. <laughs> As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He's a buckler to all those that trust in him. For who is God, save the Lord, or who is a rock, save our God? It is God that girds me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like hinds feet and sets me upon high places. He teaches my hand to war so that a, a bow of steel is broken by my arms. But once again, notice in verse 28, he says, You will light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. Proverbs 20, 27 says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. So how does God lead us in life? 
He's going to lead us through our spirit. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Now, I think a lot of people just need to remind themselves that I am a spirit. I'm not just a physical body. I'm not just a... Now, you're looking at me this morning through those windows we call eyes. But I can't see the real you. That's just the house you live in. The Bible says we have this earthly tabernacle. That's why when someone dies, when they die, what happens is they just step out of their body. Their body. And the Bible says to be absent from the bodies, be present with the Lord, if you're born again. And so that's all it is. It's just like you take your hand out of a glove. You, you just step right out of your body. Amen. And so we are spirit beings. And so the Bible says, he's going to enlighten my darkness. What, he's going to use the, the spirit of man, the inside, to enlighten me, to lead me. And so today, as a New Testament believer, he leads me by his spirit. I'm not supposed to be led by outward things. God, if that's really you, just put a sign right now in the sky. And tell me that it's you. Lord, if there's, send 12 red Corvettes by me. Well, the likelihood of that happening is, is, is very nil. But don't be led by things on the outside. <laughs> so I believe that what we're going to talk about today is so critical, especially for the day and the hour that we live in as believers. <clears throat> Number one, in following God and also to stay on course. You know, it's, it's not just that you start right, you have to finish right. It's not how you start a thing, it's the, the ending is more important than the beginning. You know, maybe you started out with God, but how are you going to end up? Can you say amen? And so also, we don't want to be deceived by the enemy. I don't, I don't want to be deceived by the enemy and his tricks. But the Bible says that we are not ignorant of his devices. What does that mean? Satan has nothing new. The devil has nothing new. He has nothing that's new in his tricks. No, the reason why is because he's not a created being. I mean, he is a created being. He's not, he doesn't create things. All he can do is take what God does and twist it. He can just turn it. He, he perverts it. He, he twists it. You know, the, even the word wicked means this, like, like wicker furniture. Like, who's ever seen wicker furniture? Three of you, okay. Um, wicker furniture, like you see, especially in the summertime, you know, for like, we have some that we have, oh, some of it made it to the shed, some just before the snow, and some of it just went up underneath the, the, uh, the deck. And thankfully, the dog didn't tear it all up. But that wicker furniture is, is twisted, and that's the way it's intertwined. That's what it means. So that's what the devil is. He's wicked. He's twisted. <clears throat> but the Bible says that we are not ignorant of his devices. God will always keep us a step ahead of the enemy. Amen. So I want to share this morning about walking in God's plan for my life, in God's path for my life. Walking in God's path for my life. God has a path for every individual, <clears throat> and it's a good plan. You know, the Bible tells us in Jeremiah 29, 11, 
For I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. Now, I believe it's the NIV says, a hope and a future, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. A good plan. Plans, you know, when God's thinking of you, he's thinking good things. You know, God's not thinking of you and thinking, oh, no. (laughs) God's thinking good things when he thinks about you. In fact, you need to say that about yourself. You need to say, you know, and I don't mean this in a, a prideful way, but you can say, when the Lord thinks of me, he's thinking good things. When the Lord's thinking of me, he's thinking of good things. He's thinking of how he can help me. He's thinking of how he can bless me. He's thinking of how he can prosper me. He's thinking of how he can lead me in the paths. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 23 that the, the, the shepherd, the good shepherd, he leads me into, by the still waters, N- not rough waters. I mean, if you have rough waters, you drown. The sheep put his head down there and then he just gets taken away. No, God puts us in a place where we have calm waters. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. I want you to listen to what the the Word of God says. He says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death. You know, even today, God sets before you life and death. Blessing and cursing, therefore choose life, that both you and your seed may live. That you may love the Lord your God, and that you may obey his voice, and that you may cleave unto him. For he is your life and the length of your days, that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. So if we want God's directions in our life, if we want the perfect plan, if we want the perfect path, then we have to love the Lord with all our heart, with all our strength, with all our mind, everything that's within me. And the Bible says to obey his voice. If you, if you want the good land, then you have to do what he says. You have to obey his voice. And the Bible says that we're to cleave unto him. Now that, that word cleave, just like we see in marriage, it's like glue. I mean, no, the Bible says that a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife. Amen. Amen. My wife and I are like glue. You're not going to pull us apart, and, and if you try to pull one, it pulls the other. You ever put two, two things together, and you said, I wish I would never put that down, because that glue, it, it pulls up what's, what it's attached to. Well, see, that's what you're supposed to do with God. People say, well, you know, you can't, you can't come over here and bring God with you. Well, I can't come over there then, because I'm bringing him with me. Amen. I'm cleaving unto him. I got a hold of that verse when I just got born again. Cleaving unto him. Why? Because it says, for he is your life. I figured if, if, if I'm going to get everything I need from the Lord, his direction, his wisdom, then I need to stay really close to him. Because he's my life and he's the length of my days. In following God, you know, there is a, a narrow path. Now, the way people preach nowadays, everyone's going to get saved. But do you know that that's not what the Bible says? 
Now, I remember, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a sad thing, but when I graduated Bible school, the individual who um, preached my Bible school uh, graduation, he had a, a church in, in the Tulsa area, because I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the time. He had 9,000 members in his church. That's not too shabby, you know, pretty good congregation size. But in the process of time, he, he got off teaching what people call ultimate reconciliation. Now, there's other words for it as well, but basically what ultimate reconciliation was this, that everyone's going to be saved, including the devil. That, that God's going to have mercy on him, he's going to forgive him, and then he's going to have a place. Yeah, he's got a place, all right. <laughs> the Bible says he's going to be cast into a, a fire, a lake of fire and brimstone. But people, I mean, this, there's nothing new under the sun. People have had this so-called revelation through the years. I know there was one person that had this, they, they supposedly got this revelation because they're reading what the Bible says that God's not willing that any should perish, so none, none are going to perish. And this guy said, well, you know, I, I felt so bad for my aunt. She died. She was a drunk. And, and, um, but, but now I know she's in the glories of heaven. But, you know, the Bible says he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. How I many know that to receive from God uh, forgiveness, you have to have this repentance? And so the Bible says there is a straight and narrow path. Broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in. But the Bible says this, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leads unto life, and few there be that find it. And then he goes on in the next verse to say, beware of false prophets. But narrow is the way, constrained, constricted is the way. So, you know, people say this. They'll say, well, you know, if it's popular opinion, then it must be right. If everyone believes that. But do you know that all throughout the Bible, that, that the majority was always wrong? It was the minority that followed God. But the good news is you and God are a majority. You don't have to wait for everyone to, to pat you on the back and say that's the way to go and Amen. You, you just follow God with all your heart, and you'll be going the right direction. Amen. So I want to give you a couple of keys here. I started numbering these. I don't know how many I ended up with. I think it was just two or three. But I want to give you a couple of different keys here in following God's direction. And this is so important in life. Number one, put God's word first place. Put God's word first place. You know, I don't know about you, but I know about me. So I'll talk about me. But I'm thankful that the Lord did one thing for me. When I gave my life to him in 1992, I know I don't look that old. Okay, um, in 1992, so I was just graduated high school. I was 18 at the time. And I am so thankful the Lord gave me such a great foundation in my life. Because when I got born again, I was going to go to college, and um, I was going to go to the University of Alabama, not to play football, but to be in the band. 
you, you hear more about the football team than you do the band. But the band is actually a really, really good music department there. And so I was going to add a music scholarship there. It wasn't for much. It was $1,000. You know, now that just gets you on the campus, you know, just to buy some laundry or whatever stuff. And so, um, you know, back then, you could go, tuition was like $1,000 a semester. Now it's probably like eight or $10,000. So just to put into perspective. But anyway, I didn't go to school that year, and the Lord had something else for me. It was called being born again. <laughs> and I gave my life to the Lord. And I planned to go to another college later that, uh, that next year. But one of the things during that time, I got my first job at a Kmart. Some people don't even know what Kmart is. <laughs> and I, I worked three hours a day. And boy, what did I make? Probably $4 an hour. I mean, that should be like a, against the law nowadays it is, you know. But back then, that was like minimum wage. So I, I had this job working, but every morning I would turn on at 6 a.m. and I would watch this minister, and I would watch this minister, and, and I would come home, and, and my mom would have on Joyce Meyer, and she'd have on um, Michael Youssef and, and different ones. And, and so, and then I would go to church, and we, we had Brother Copeland, then we had the books of Kenneth Hagin, and we had all, Norval Hayes and Charles Capps and all these different ones that God did me a real big favor that he put all that in my life and let that be in my, in my life. And then after just being born again for 10 months, I was able to go to Bible school and, and be there with uh, where Brother Kenneth Hagin was in the, in the last 10 years of his life. <clears throat> but the Word of God, one of the things I learned, especially from, from Brother Hagin, was this. I always put the Word first. Always put God's word first. Look at Proverbs chapter 4. The Bible says in verse 20, it says, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes, but keep them in the midst of your heart. For they, God's words, are life unto those that find them, and health and medicine to all their flesh. So God's word is life unto us. I mean, if, if I read all the different scriptures, the Bible talks about that the word of God, that um, Job talks about how the, he, he had the word of God and he ate it and it became life and nourishment. God's word will nourish you. Amen. There's something about the, the word of God that will just, it puts something on the inside of you. Why? Because you are a spirit. And since you are a spirit, you need to be fed. So the Word of God always comes first. If I want God's direction in my life, what does the Bible say? Now, I mean, there's always people that say, you know, give me a word. Give me a word. Here, here's your word right here. Because there's, there's thousands of words right here. And if God chose to speak to me anything else, then that's fine. But it's always going to line up with this book right here. Now, you know, there's people, and, and sadly, I know even of an individual here recently that, um, now, whenever you hear this, you know, there, there is a, there's one way to God. His name is Jesus Christ. You know, even Paul said this, if anyone come preaching another gospel, 
He said, which is not another. He said, let him be accursed. Now, people think that Paul was a rough guy, you know. But even Paul, in one of his letters, you know what he said? He said, if anybody love not the Lord Jesus, let him be accursed. <coughs> but there is no other gospel. Amen. This is it. You know, sometimes you'll hear people say, another gospel of Jesus Christ. There is no other gospel of Jesus Christ. It's right here. Amen. People think you're being narrow. Yes. And saved. So always put God's word first place in your life. Number two, be a doer of the word of God. So if I'm going to have God's plan in my life, in his directions in my life, I have to be a doer of the word. How many know it doesn't matter how much you read about weightlifting? How many know it doesn't matter how much you read about food plans? What do you have to do? You have to actually do it. You know, you ever seen these, um, you ever see these funny videos of people that, that are working out in the gym and they, they post, you know, just doing crazy stuff? Or, you know, there's, there's people, they'll go um, right up to the counter, scan their badge, walk back around. Why? Well, my, my insurance gives me, um, if I have so many punches a month, then I get, but, you know, you, you're lying to the system. I don't know why I'm just not making any progress. Well, how many times have you gone? Well, you know, I've, I've been thinking about it. You know, I've been praying about it. <laughs> the Bible says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. So I have, if I want God's direction for my life, I'm going to have to be a doer of the word. So what does that mean? When the Bible says forgive, I have to forgive people. When the Bible says cast your cares upon the Lord. Well, I don't understand why God's not working on these, all my problems. Well, the Bible says to cast all your cares upon him. God can't, can't work on your problems while you're trying to figure them out. You know, worry is like a rocking chair. It just keeps you busy, but you don't go anywhere. So be a doer of the word. And then number three, in following God's direction for my life, be led by the Holy Spirit. I want you to turn over to Romans chapter 8. This is the way that God has designed for every believer to live. Romans chapter 8 and verse 14 says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, not driven. I mean, know that the Lord leads you. He doesn't drive you. That's how you tell with the Holy Spirit and what's Him. Because if there's ever, you know, even when it comes to other people, how do you tell if something's of God? If, if someone's trying to just force you to do something, that's not God. You, you, you gently lead, and then people have to follow. And if they don't follow, they don't follow. Well, it's going to hurt them. Well, it, then it's just going to hurt them. Well, if they don't do that, it's going to destroy their life. Then they don't do it. Amen. Never get in trying to make people do anything. Because that's not the way the Holy Ghost acts. That's not the way He is. 
You know, even this. Have you ever heard somebody, maybe they, they, they're really zealous of the Lord and they say, you know, I'm, I just wish the Holy Ghost would possess me. Well, he's not a demon. Amen. Demons possess. Demons force. But the Holy Spirit leads. And if you don't follow, then you don't follow. But he's going to keep leading. <laughs> Amen. So this is the primary way that God leads his people. The inward witness. Let me just keep reading there. I didn't even get to the verse yet. Verse 15. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself, or as most translations say, himself. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not in it. The Spirit Himself bears witness with my spirit that we are the children of God. So another way of saying that is He, it's like an inner testifying, an inner endorsement. Was He, was he testify that we are the children of God? So if, if He can tell you about the most important thing, if He can uh, give you that impression, then how about other things? about what job to take, about where to go in life. He can lead you. He can guide you. But notice, he says, he bears witness with our spirit. So that's the number one way that God speaks to his children. Well, number one, the word of God. Number one is the word. But then number two is the witness. That's how he's going to speak to you in life. Everyone say the witness. Now, the witness is not a voice. Now, there, there may be times where the, the Bible talks about the voice of the Holy Spirit. In, in fact, in Acts chapter 10, we see where Peter was praying on the housetop, and he said, um, and the Spirit said to him, because he had this vision. This sheet came down with all these un, unclean things. He said, Lord, well, the spirit, uh, the, um, the voice said, rise, Peter, kill and eat. He said, Lord, I've never eaten anything unclean. He said, don't call unclean what God's cleansed. And so he knew by this vision that God had called him to preach to the Gentiles. And so here he goes and starts preaching. But he has this, the Bible says, as he thought on the vision. The Spirit said. So the Spirit of God does speak. And at times there are times where it might be more authoritative to where you think that it was a, a, you thought you heard it with your natural ears. But it was something on the inside. And so the Spirit of God does lead you. He does speak. But it's always going to be in line with this word. Thank you, Lord. And so... This, when we talk about the inner witness, the inner witness is not a feeling. It's not, it's not goosebumps. It's not, you know, vibes. I had this vibe and this vibe. You know, people are into vibes and stuff. Well, I, I'm into wit, the witness of the Spirit. I don't care about any vibes. Amen. <laughs> so what is that? What is the witness? You could say it like this. It's a sense. Have you ever just had like a, we say, people say in the world sometimes a hunch. 
just had a hunch that I should do this. I have a sense that I should go this direction. What is that? That's, sometimes it feels like a, an imaginary rope that's tied around you, even to maybe talk, talk to someone, to minister to someone. What is that? That's the inner witness. And if, you, if you're not too sure, then just step out. and you, You'll learn if it was God or not. So another way we can say it like is this. It's a knowing. It's a knowing. Now, one thing that we see in the Bible, too, in the book of Acts, the Bible uses this phraseology. You, and some, you just take your um, Bible sometime, read Acts chapter 15, the council of Jerusalem, where the Bible says that they were going to decide whether people should be circumcised and keep the law. This was a big deal in the church of Jerusalem. And the Bible says that the decision that they made about people being keeping the law and being circumcised or just faith in Jesus Christ alone, the way they came to that decision was this phrase that said this, it seemed good. It seemed good to me and to the Holy Ghost. So you could actually say that as a, a scriptural way of being led. It seemed good. It seemed good. My wife and I have made many decisions in the ministry and in our lives where it seemed good to do that. It seemed good for me to go to Bible school at 18, 19 years old. It seemed good for me to go back home. It seemed good that, that I get involved in certain areas. It seemed good. Not to the flesh. How I many know the flesh is not going to tell you, well, you should get involved with that? The flesh is not going to tell you that, yeah, you should make sure that you tithe and you give there. The flesh is not going to tell you that, you, you know, you should serve some more. You should be more involved in the ministry. The flesh and the devil is never going to tell you those things. So it, everyone say, it seemed, it seemed good. But just like the inner witness, there's many counterfeits out there. And I think this is, this is so important this morning, and I want you to, to listen because... This is so critical in our lives today because I've seen this more and more, especially just in the last few months, things that people uh, are led by and not led by the Holy Ghost. And so the Bible warns us about many different things. And so I want to give you a couple of these things that the Bible tells us to watch out for. How many know many times in Paul's writings, he used this word, beware. Just when you're about to put a period there, he'd say, uh, okay, this, this, and this, but beware. Beware. One time he said, beware lest men spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit and tradition and not after Christ. The Bible talks about the simplicity of Christ. Some people are just too heady for me and they're too, too deep. Give me the simplicity of Christ. Give me the simplicity of, of Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing. And so the Bible, number one, warns us against fleeces. Fleeces. Now, I'm not talking about your um, sweater that you have in your closet. But the Bible tells us about a man named Gideon. And Gideon, how many remember what happened to Gideon? God used him. But he appeared to him, the angel appeared to him and said, Hail thou mighty man of valor. He was the furthest thing from looking like that. But 
And so here he was. Um, God started using him, but he wanted to know. He said, Lord, if it's you. How many times have people prayed that? Lord, if it's really you. And so he put out this fleece, and this fleece, he said, you know, put, let the, the, the rain and the dew be on the fleece, but not on the ground. And then he did it vice versa. Let it be on the ground, but not on the fleece. And then he just went through all this rigmarole about all the things that it had to be for it to be God. But see, what happens, people say, what's wrong with that? Well, under the new covenant, everything. Because the Bible doesn't say as many as are led by fleeces, they are the sons of God. It says as many as are led by the Spirit of God. So you want to be led from within, not from without. That's why we, we steer away from fleeces. Why? Because the enemy can work out in this realm. Now this, this, this realm of fleeces might sound something like this. Lord, if that's you then open the door. Lord, if that's you, then shut the door. Lord, if that's you, have two green cars come by my house. Lord, if that's you, have my dog sing the Star Spangled Banner. Lord, if that's you. Now see, why, why is that wrong? Because the enemy can work in this realm. That's what happens when people... Um, Dabble in things like Ouija boards. What is that? That's called demons. They, they come in and they manipulate and they deceive people. Why? Because in the heart of man, there is a hunger for the supernatural. And if you don't have God, then you're going to fall for that. If you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. So that's the heart cry is man. God is a supernatural God. Man was created for miracles. And if man doesn't see them, that's why the church has been so powerless and it's been so dead. So what do people do? They go out into the world and they look, they're looking for the supernatural. They're looking for the, something that's going to satisfy their heart. And if they don't find it in God, they'll find it in religion. But no man is satisfied until he encounters Jesus Christ and the power of God. And that's where you're, you're satisfied on the inside. Amen. That's why man goes out into false religions. Looking for something that's real. And if the church is not going to be that. See, people think, well, you know, if people see the power of God, it scare them away. But that's what, that's what the heart of man is desiring. Now, religion scares them away, and it should. But we're not talking about religion. We're talking about a relationship. So don't, don't follow fleeces. Number two, don't seek the spectacular. Do you know that when you follow the Holy Spirit, many times you can miss it for being your own thinking? Well, yeah, you know, I've, I've been thinking about that for a while. What, what do you mean you, you've been thinking about it? Because many times that can be a leading of the Lord. But because it wasn't... You know, a lot of people, even in prophecy, and I love prophecy. But a lot of people, when they, they prophesy, <clears throat> you know, they, they, they take out their, their trumpet. Okay, everyone be quiet. Dun, da, da, da. Okay, this is a word from the Lord. And it's got to be couched a certain way. The these and the thous and, you know, God, you know, 
God only speaks in King James to some people. But, you know, you can prophesy and just be real, real natural and real normal at the same time. Do you know you can be spiritual and be a normal person that works a job? <laughs> that, that has a family and has kids and you can hold a conversation with normal people? Amen. You might think I'm just joking, but, you know, being, being spiritual is not being weird. Being spiritual is not rolling your eyes in the back of your head. Being spiritual is just being like God. And God is a very normal person. But he's supernatural. So don't just seek the spectacular. I like what um, one minister said. He said, many people, the Lord spoke this to him. He said, many of my people are missing the supernatural because they're looking for the spectacular. Why? Because do you know that the inner witness is actually supernatural? When God witnesses to you that you are a child of his, that is supernatural. But it's not real flashy. You know, it's not like something appearing like angels appearing in your bedroom. And while I'm at it, let me say this too. If you meet somebody and and they're seeing angels every third or fourth day and Jesus is appearing to them twice a week, just be thou removed in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. Because it's not, that's just not the way it is. Even when you read the book of Acts, it would be hard-pressed to say that many of these things happen more than once or twice in some of these people's lives. Now, we see it as a whole occurrence of the church, but these things don't just happen every other day. They're supernatural, and they're as the Spirit of God wills. Amen. But the Bible also tells us, as a Bible warning, don't seek wizards. Now, when's the last time you heard that in church? The the Bible tells us in Leviticus 29, verse 31, Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. If you go to a wizard, if you go to anything that's of the occult, you're going to be defiled. Because he says, don't seek after them to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Leviticus 20 verse 6 says, And the soul that turns after such as have familiar spirits, and after wizards to go a-whoring after them, I will even set my face against that soul and will cut him off from among his people. So as a born-again believer, you have no... Business going to false gods, to sorcerers, to the psychic hotline. I mean, there, there's been people, you know, that have, you know, they, well, you know, I'm just, I wanted um, to find out some things. And so they go, and I'm talking about Christians too, but you're opening yourselves up to familiar spirits. You know, even as we see, the Bible talks about Samuel. And the Bible talks about Saul. In the end of his life, he he goes to witches. And and let let me just say this real quick. There are no good witches. Well, you know, they're they're a witch. They're they're good, you know, and they do really good things. And 
and stuff. You know, the Bible says, suffer not a witch to live. Now, I know that's old covenant. But it's not something you tolerate in your life. Why? Because one of the things about um, all these things, sorcery, witchcraft, you know what it, it actually means? It means substitute authority. Substitute authority. It means it's, it's placing itself as an authority in someone's life to rule and to reign. And I don't know if you know it, but there's a lot of people in Dickinson that are involved as witches. But that's nothing to be scared of. You know, people say, well, you know, Pastor, there's, there's someone over in, in, in my apartment building, and I think they're a witch. Like our pastor said, um, where did they park their broom? How did you know they're a witch? Amen. But anything that the devil can do, the power of God is greater. But what I'm saying, as a believer, I'm not to consult other things. I'm not to consult mediums. I'm not to consult witches. I'm not to consult wizards, fortune tellers. But I'm to look to God. I'm to look to his word. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And I can, I can honestly say in nine years, I've never talked about some of these things before at this church. But don't, don't just say, well, you know, I'm just going to see. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to see how, you know, what it's like over there. You know, people say, well, I'm, I'm going to read books about that false religion so I'll know how to pray against it. I'm, I'm going to read about, you know, what this religion does and, and so I'll know how to pray. You know, you just need to read the Bible. <laughs> do you know what they do when they they learn how to study counterfeit bills do you know what they study it's not counterfeit they, stu- they study the real and they learn the real and, and they learn all the different aspects of the real so then when you see the fake it just stands right out well you know I, I just wanted to go to that place so I know how bad it really was Stay away. <laughs> you know, the Bible talks about the strange woman. It says, don't even go near the door of her house. Amen. There's certain places you just need to stay away from. Hallelujah. So God has actually made provision for us as believers when it comes to being led, when it comes to every area of our life. And realize this, everything that God does, Satan always has a counterfeit. He has a counterfeit. And you know, like, like the gifts of the Spirit. I mean, the Bible talks about the, the nine gifts of the Spirit in the book of 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. But the enemy has counterfeit as well. I heard the testimony of this one man. He was, a, he was into spiritism and talking to the dead. And um, he was actually what what we, we would call like a pastor to these people. He was like into spiritism. And um, they would even have um, sing songs, just like a, and sing Christian songs. And, and everything would be okay. But whenever they started singing songs about the blood, those spirits would get agitated. They should get agitated. <laughs> Amen. Uh, Brother Smith Wigglesworth, who... Um, he was an English preacher. He died in 1947, so 
he, um, he goes back a little ways, but he, he was in a meeting one time. There was five in, individuals on the front row, five men. And um, as he's preaching, the power of God fell, and they start just making all these funny sounds and peeping and muttering and making all these, these funny sounds. And uh, finally, he had enough. He said, okay, all you devils clear out. He picked up the, the front row and pushed them all on the floor and ran them out the building. Now, that's my kind of preacher right there. <laughs> so the Word of God tells us the Word of God is always our answer in life. Can you say amen? amen. You know, just think about this. When it comes to the problems of life. I mean, God's not just left us to, to, to float away with problems. You know, even as we said earlier, the Bible says, casting all your care upon him. Why? But for he cares for you. God cares about you today. So he doesn't want you to carry any care. What do you have to do? You have to throw those cares on him. Say, Lord, I'm not going to worry about these things. I'm not going to worry about all these bills. I'm just going to cast these. And that word cast is just like if you're casting a line fishing. You cast it. You throw it. Lord, I'm going to throw this on you. Just throw it right on, on him. And when, you know what? When he has it, I don't have it. But you know, God's made provision in all areas of life. Who's ever just felt like, who's just had a long day and they just felt like, Calgon, take me away, you know? Those that know that old commercial. People just looking at me like, what is the world? But who's ever felt like that? So, you know, people, people in the world, you know, they have a good time, but then they come to be a Christian and they just become sullen and they become just dry. And they think, well, you know, I, I can't have any fun. Now I'm a believer. The Bible says, don't be drunk with wine. We're in his excess. But he, what's he going to say? But be filled with the spirit, but be drunk on the spirit. So a lot of people think, well, you know, now that I'm a believer, I'm just, I, I go, you know, I go to bed at, a, uh, I used to be out till three in the morning. Now I go to bed at seven. You know, I used to be out and, and, <laughs> and have a hard, you know, a good time in the world. But now I came and, and I'm just real depressed. But the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, now when you're drunk, how many know that there's obvious indicators when you're drunk. I mean, there, and there's just characteristics. How many know that they're, you, people are usually loud? And, and they're carefree. And, and they don't care what people think. You know, if you just step over today in the, in the Holy Ghost and, and get to that place where you don't care what people think, don't care what the devil says, See, you, you have to step out of the natural and step into the supernatural. You have to step out of the natural into, into the, in the realm of God. Amen. And that's, that's what it is. It's just a choice. Amen. I, I didn't come to, to, to church just to, just to be dry. You know, the Bible says in Jeremiah that my people have committed two evils. They've hewed out cisterns that can hold no water. What's the other thing? <laughs> Basically, 
they're dry. They substitute it for something else. They, they replace it with something else. You have to realize that the heart of man, see, the mind thinks, but the heart drinks. Jesus says, come unto me and drink. He says, come unto me and drink. The last day of the feast. As, as the scripture said, out of his belly, not out of his head, but out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. How many know rivers? Rivers of living water. Amen. He, the Lord can work right through a hat too. Rivers of living water. Amen. Amen. I know there's some drinkers in here, so <laughs> hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. See, the church for too long has had no answers. And so it's just been, you know, just give you a little nice little word, but no power. Paul said, I came not with excellency of speech. I didn't come just giving you $50 words. He said, but I came in demonstration of the spirit and of power. He said that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. See, your faith today should not be in, in wisdom. Well, we heard a good word today. They gave us the, the, the Chaldean and the Greek and the Hebrew. But you know, you can know, every, you can know what the Greek and the Hebrew and not know what God's saying. It's important you know what God's saying today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you today that we drink of you. Thank you, Lord, that you have all the answers for us. And Lord, you've not left us alone. You said that you would send a comforter to us. We thank you for the comforter this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you, Lord, that as the earth and the world unravels, Lord, that your presence envelops each person. Lord, we, we do. We just drink right now of you. <laughs> Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord is our strength today. And we thank you, Lord, we receive from heaven even now. That's all you have to do. You just have to, you have to just yield. You have to just open your heart. Amen. Not to close your heart, but to open your heart and say, yes, Lord. Lord, do a work on the inside of me today. Do something fresh. The psalmist said, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. We thank you for it, Lord. Hallelujah. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Right before we go here in just a moment, I would just ask that everyone... Um, Stay in your seat unless you have an emergency. But, <clears throat> but if you're in this place, and as we close this service, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, but you want to know Him today, if you want to know that you're on your way to heaven, then I want to pray with you and for you. The Bible says, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so that's what, that's what Christianity is about. It's not about 
knowledge. It's not about just having a bunch of facts in my head. It's about a living, vibrant relationship where I partake, where he is the vine and I'm the branch, and I, I get my life sustenance from him on a daily basis. Or secondly, if you're in this place and you say, Pastor Will, I once knew the Lord. I walked with him, but I went and did my own thing and I walked away from him. But I want to come back to him today. Just like the prodigal son of old who was in his father's house, but he went away into sin and wrongdoing. But he came back. If that's you, we want to pray with you and for you. Or thirdly, if you just say, I don't have the assurance. I love, I love Jesus, but the devil's always lying to me saying that I'm not ready. But I want to make sure, I want to have that assurance that everything is right. If that's you, with no one looking around, just on any one of those three categories, just slip your hand up and say, pray for me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> the Bible tells us that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. Thank you, Lord. If any person raised their hand, those that raised their hand, then I want to do just like I said. I want to pray with you and for you. Just stand to your feet. And I noticed a couple people just, I don't know if they were just praising the Lord, but amen. Hallelujah. So if you raise your hand, then just come up front. I want to pray with you and for you. Thank you, Lord. Like the song says, I have decided to follow Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know what the Bible says? Have you noticed I've said that like a hundred times today? But the Bible does say that there's more rejoicing in heaven over the, the, the one that repents than the 99 that don't need it. That doesn't mean from time to time there's not things we repent of. He's not saying that. But there's joy in heaven. Amen. They're, they're, they're going ballistic right now. Amen. So even if you, you didn't raise your hand but you want to be included, you can pray this in your seat. And this is a one-size-fits-all. So as, as we pray, then you can pray as well. Say, say this with me. Heavenly Father, I believe that you sent Jesus, your Son, to die for me. Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead for me. Come into my heart. Fill me with your presence. Let me never be the same. Lord, I turn my back on the world and I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. And thank you that you're coming back again. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You know, as a minister of the gospel, I can say that every, 
everything in the past is gone. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away and all things are become new.